Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, special edition on the broadcast today. We had Dr. Robert Godfrey, one of our conference speakers, come and speak at our joint service along with Cloverdale uh, this uh, last Lord's Day. And so we have taken his message and split it up for your enjoyment. We hope it blesses you and we hope it helps you to see God's glory in a greater way. Here in uh, Psalm 92, we're, we're reminded that the praise of God in the Old Covenant, particularly took place at the temple. And so, um, in verse 3, we read that this praise and thanks is to take place to the music of the lute and the harp and the lyre. And uh, when we read the Old Testament carefully, we see that those instruments were used in the temple to accompany the sacrifice of of praise to God, and and clearly Psalm 92 is, is drawing our minds back to the temple, And uh, it will say that explicitly later in the psalm, verse 13, that the righteous are planted in the house of the God. They flourish in the courts of our God. And and it's one of David's way of saying, you know, we long to be in the house of God. We long to be in the place where God is worshipped. We long to be in the place where God is present. And uh, the great blessing of the temple was that God was with his people. And of course, Uh, We enjoy the fullness of that now in a way that Israel never understood, didn't we? Because our worship takes place in the heavenly temple. That's what Hebrews 12 tells us. Uh, Where do you worship? Maybe it would be a good evangelistic opportunity if somebody says, where do you worship? To say, I worship in the heavenly temple. That might stop them, mightn't it? They might ask, how do I get to the heavenly temple? Well, that'd be a good opportunity, wouldn't it, to uh, talk about the gospel. Uh, we worship in the heavenly temple where there's no longer any sacrifice because Jesus, our eternal sacrifice, is there. Do you realize that? Right now, we're in the heavenly temple by faith, not by sight. And right now, then, we're fellowshipping with Jesus, and with the holy angels, and with the redeemed in glory. We're we're part of that great church, and we're with Jesus. And uh, that's what this is pointing us to, the great work of God is sending his own son to be our savior. And we thank him for that. We rejoice in that. And uh, as David calls us in... uh, uh, First Chronicles uh, 16, uh, we are led to praise and to thanks by remembering what God has done for us. And lately I've begun to think that maybe the hardest <clears throat> task that God has given us as Christians is to remember what he has done for us. Uh, how forgetful the people of God often are. 
as to what God has done for us. And uh, so often we just are focused, what are you going to do for me now? What have you done for me lately? And uh, the, the beginning of praise, the beginning of thanks, is surely to remember what God has done for us and to fill our minds and our hearts with God's great works in the past because that'll fill our minds and our hearts with confidence in his great work for the future. He who began a good work in us will do what? He'll bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The works that God begins, he completes. And uh, the works that he began in history of redemption, uh, he'll bring to pass when he returns again in glory. That's our hope, and this is the, the praise to which we're called. That's the inspired praise of the Psalter, just, just a taste of it. Uh, but how wonderful it is, and then it's not surprising that that inspired gift leads on to a desired gift. Do you notice that here in Psalm uh, 92? It's beautifully expressed. Verse 4, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by the work of your hands. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. This is how Israel responded to the gift of inspired songs. They sang them with joy. They desired them. They loved them. You have made me glad by the works of your hands. You have filled my heart with joy as I praise you. Uh, And this is what we're called to. Um, Shouldn't we be glad when we receive a gift from the Lord? Shouldn't we be filled with joy when we're given a precious gift from the Lord? And uh, if we look at the Psalms and we're not filled with joy, then um, the problem just may be with us and not with the Psalms. Now, some Psalms are difficult. I've actually found that a wonderful challenge. What's going on in this Psalm? It seems kind of strange. There are Psalms that first strike us as strange. But lo and behold, when you really study them, when you work at them, when you devote yourself to them, you find more and more depths of, of, of joy and of, of goodness. Uh, this psalm, for example, Psalm 92, it's very carefully constructed. There's a very definite style. And the style of this psalm is, as with many psalms, not all, but many, that the key verse is in the middle. Now, often when we think of poetry, we think of the key verse as being the last one. How does it end? But the Psalter often has the key verse in the middle. What's the key verse in the middle of this psalm? It's verse 8. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. The whole psalm revolves around that. Why do we thank you and praise you? Because you're on high forever. Why do we not have to worry that the wicked seem to flourish? Because you're on high forever. How can we have confidence that we will flourish in the courts of the Lord? Because he is on high forever. And and so the more we study, the more we dig, the more deeply we inquire, the more blessedness we will find. It is good to sing his praises and to bless him, O Most High. Uh, Here's the... Here's the wonderful teaching, and Paul makes that point. It's not just an Old Testament point. Paul makes that point very powerfully, doesn't he, in 
in Ephesians chapter 5, where To summarize what Paul is saying there, he's saying to those Ephesian Christians, now you walk as wise people because you've been given wisdom. You walk as wise people making the best use of the time that God has given you. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How can we be helped to walk wisely? How can we be helped to redeem the time? How can we be helped to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's by singing psalms. What a good thing that God has given us. What a blessedness we have. And the psalms are are filled with so so many rich things. They're filled with beautiful things. Some of you may know the name John Updike, a famous and somewhat controversial American novelist. And when he lay dying of cancer, he wrote some poems. And one of the poems reflected on Psalm 23. And he wrote about the words of Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then as a poet, thinking about a poem, he wrote, what a wonderful word, surely. Isn't that true? What, what beauty, what power. And there's great boldness encouraged on our part in the Psalms. One of my favorite bold verses in the Psalter is from Psalm 74, verse 11, that the psalmist is in great distress. Calamity has fallen on the people of God. The temple has been burned. The enemy has overrun the promised land. And how does the psalmist pray? Psalm 74, verse 11, the psalmist says to God, Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garment and destroy them. What's the psalmist really saying there? He's saying to God, Why are you standing around with your hands in your pockets when we're in such need? Do something. Would you say that to God? I don't think I would. I read Calvin's commentary on that verse. He's very nervous about that. But you see, the boldness that's encouraged that we would come with the sincere feelings of our heart to pour it out before the Lord. And then there's a wonderful balance in the Psalter. There's a balance of joy and and sorrow. There's a balance of truth and of emotion. It's not all thanks, but it's all prayers that God would deliver us so we can be more thankful. It's a beautiful picture there uh, in the Psalter. It's the blessings that God wants to pronounce upon us and fill our hearts and our minds with those blessings. So we have a an inspired gift, and we have a desired gift, and very briefly, we have a required gift. David appointed the Psalms to be sung. The Apostle Paul commanded that Psalms be sung. Jesus, by his example, taught us to sing Psalms. You know, when we read after the Passover meal, that Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn and went out, 
Uh, that hymn they sang was Psalm 118. That was the psalm always sung at the conclusion of the Passover meal. And so, Paul, by his command, Jesus, by his example, tells us to sing psalms. Now, I'm not using that as an argument that psalms are all that we can sing. But I am saying they have commanded us that we should sing psalms. Uh, And if we don't do that, we'll be missing one of the great gifts that God has given us. And so don't miss the blessing. Don't miss the gift. Cultivate in your own heart and experience a knowledge of the psalms, a love of the psalms, an understanding of the psalms, so that when we sing them, you'll be able to enter in with a special kind of joy and delight. Uh, For it is good to sing your praises and to bless you, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. May that be the confession of every one of our hearts, every one of our experience. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we are thankful for all the gifts that you give us, We thank you most of all for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, O Lord, that you have enabled us to express our praise and thanks to him uh, through the gift of song, including songs that you have inspired. And so, O Lord, help us more and more eagerly to enter into your praise, more and more to remember your great works and more and more to look to Jesus Christ in hope and confidence in every circumstance. Hear us and bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.